0: His spirit can do something in one moment that it would take years for psychiatrists and psychologists and professors to try to unravel. God can just completely break the chains. There's no unraveling, there's no unweaving. He just with one word he just takes it all away. if we would just spend a little bit more time with him, spend a little bit more time focusing upon him instead of our problems, instead of our issues of life. (laughs) We're all guilty of it. (laughs) We're all guilty of worries and fears And it feels like life just sometimes hits us right in the face. But God is, he's greater. He is is greater. Well, I want to talk tonight about life. Because that's what we're here to do. (laughs) Life lessons. And I uh, started looking at the word life. I don't know if you've ever seen it before. It's four letters. Um... I was just looking at the word life the other day, and I realized right smack dab in the middle of life is another word. If. If, right in the middle of life, in between lie and fees, is if. If is something that we all think about. <laughs> we all question That's a big title there. I I think I have the record for the shortest title ever. Until somebody does I. But that's a little bit uh, selfish. (laughs) But yes, life is full of ifs. Life is full of many ifs. We question so many things. And we make plans for our life. We say if. I could just get this degree, then I could get the job that I want. There's a lot of ifs, thens. You know, sometimes it's, uh, you know, if I maybe eat better, then I will lose weight. And sometimes that just doesn't really work because our metabolism is just messed up. You know, it could be if I focus on my, my job and my work, and I just put my head down and just, just work, somebody's going to notice, and then I'm going to get a raise. I'm going um, to get a promotion. Sometimes that works. Sometimes it doesn't. There's just a lot of ifs in life. An if is something that um, the Bible is actually full of. There's Actually, I looked it up. There's 1,420 ifs in the Bible. That's a lot of ifs. That is a lot of ifs. But there is a very important if, and there's many important ifs in the Bible. But there's a very important if I wanna I wanna talk about. It's in Galatians uh, chapter five, verse twenty-five, and this is probably something that we can uh, quote a lot of us probably, or have at least heard. But it says, in Galatians 5:25 it says, "If we live in the spirit, let us also walk in the spirit. If we live in the spirit, let us also walk in the spirit." Living is breathing, right? We breathe, we have life. That's how we can tell if somebody is alive or not, if they're breathing, if their heart is beating if they've got oxygen flowing through their veins in their in their bloodstream. It's life. It's breath. But this scripture can be a little bit confusing. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. What What if we're filled with the Spirit of God? Isn't that pretty much the same as walking in the Spirit? Isn't that the same as Being close to God, being filled with His Spirit, or or having His Spirit, or being filled with the Holy Ghost. Well, I think that Paul wouldn't put it into this into this phrasing if he didn't explain that the earth if he didn't see there was a difference between living in the Spirit and walking in the Spirit. We're called not to just be close to the Spirit or in the Spirit, or having the Spirit of God, but we are called to walk in the Spirit. Paul even said, if we live in the Spirit, then let us walk in the Spirit, because he knows that the the natural progression is if you are in touch with the Spirit, if you live in the Spirit, then you should transition to walking in the Spirit. We know that we've been filled with the Holy Ghost. A lot of us, most of us, if not all of us, have been filled with the Spirit of God. But you ever had days where you don't really feel the Spirit of God? You don't really feel the presence of God? You don't really feel God is near in these moments when tragedy strikes or when um, you know, things are just so stressful. You know, most of the time it comes from work or family where we have so much stress in our life and we're just perplexed on all sides. We're just confused. We know we have the Holy Ghost. We know we have the Spirit of God in our life, but sometimes we still hit that wall and we, we, we just can't really seem to know where God is in those moments in those places of life. But Paul is saying that we should learn to walk in the spirit, to walk in the spirit. There's a big difference between being close to the spirit or, or living in the spirit and walking in the spirit. If you notice that when you come into the church, you come into the presence of God and you feel the presence of God and you you get strength in this place. But sometimes you walk out and not mere hours later, the feeling is gone. Something happens and you're just completely just distraught. If we are always just living close to the Spirit, living near the presence of God, or going by our feelings, by what we feel with, with the Spirit of God, just by when it feels good, then that's when we're going to engage. That's not walking in the Spirit. That's not being led by the Spirit of God. When we are walking in the Spirit, that means that every decision that we make outside of this place is affected by the Spirit of God. That the Spirit of God is the final word, the final say. It's, our, it's more than just a compass, but it literally is where our feet are going. It's not just us knowing the way to take, but it's doing the way we're supposed to take, taking that pathway. That's walking in the Spirit. There's many times in our life when we just don't really feel like doing it the way that God wants it. We know that the Word of God says that we shouldn't fear That we should fear not, but yet we still get caught up in the entanglement of fear. If we walk in the Spirit and we allow the Spirit of God to walk through our minds and lead us and guide us, then we're not going to be confused. We're not going to be deceived. We're not going to give in to fear. We're not going to give in to these other things that try to come against us because we have to learn to walk in the Spirit. Now I want to read a little bit more of this Galatians 5, 16 through 25. Um, because it gives us a lot of perspective. I'm going to read the English Standard Version. <clears throat> it's a little bit easier to understand. But it says in verse 16, it says, But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. You won't gratify the desires of the flesh if you're walking In the spirit. In other words, if you are in step with the spirit, then the things that your flesh desires, those desires, they're not going to satisfy you. You're not going to be tripped up by them because you won't get any satisfaction from those fleshly things when you're in sync and in step with the spirit of God. It says, For the desires of the flesh are against the spirit. And the desires of the spirit are against the flesh. There's that battle that happens to all of us. It says, for these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things that you want to do. I know everybody in here wants to live for God. They want to have the perfect godly family. They want to have the perfect godly marriage. They want to have the perfect godly mentality and mindset. And temperament and everything that you know you you see in godly people, people that are walking in the spirit. But if we are always trying to battle with the feeling of the spirit, using that, what we get in here, and then trying to battle against the flesh, we're never gonna win. We're never going to uh, beat that battle. It's always going to be just a struggle constantly. It's going to be hard work all the time. Pastor said this many times, but it's, it's really easy to serve God hard, but it's really hard to serve God easy. You know, if your heart is not really completely and totally in it, people are going to notice. People will notice around you if you really are living for God and walking in the Spirit. And if the Spirit of God is, is freely walking through your life, where, where the Lord is able to go through your life and, and illuminate things in your heart. Illuminate things and correct you whenever you're wrong. That's walking in the Spirit. So there's that battle that takes place when we, when, as, as humans, when we are in the Spirit, when we have the Spirit of God. These Galatians, they were filled with the Spirit. They had the Holy Ghost. But they were still struggling with these battles of the flesh. And we're always going to have the flesh. There's no way to get rid, well, there's one way to get rid of the flesh, but we'll have however many people in here in this room's funerals in this uh, building. So we don't want to do that. That would be a lot of funerals. Let's not. But anyway, there's no way to uh, stop the flesh. We're going to have to deal with it the rest of our lives. That's, that's the way it is. But um, when we are walking in the Spirit, it's going to be so much easier for us to actually be able to overcome the things that keep ailing us and keep um, tripping us up. It says some of these things, um, or it says in verse 18, it says, but if ye are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident, sexual immorality And then we've heard this scripture many times. It says in verse 22, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. And then the scripture I, I, I said at the beginning, If we live by the Spirit, let us also walk or keep in step with the Spirit. There's only one way to really uh, keep in step with the Spirit. And I could probably just tell you, go to listen to Sister Lonnie's messages and then you'll know what I'm talking about. But there are, there, like she had talked about, private roots that we have to develop. It's that relationship with God. But it's also that openness to God correcting us in everything that we do. To let God grow the roots where he feels like they should go. The direction. He's going to know the right position for them to be so the tree will be stronger. He knows the storms you're going to face. He knows the things that lie ahead in your life. He knows what's going to happen in five years. He knows the surgery you might have to have. He knows you know, who in your family is, is going to get sick and you're going to have to take care of them. He knows all these things. But when we are walking in the spirit, we are going to be able to fulfill our purpose that God has for us. We're going to be able to overcome this this guilt and the shame that we are dealing with all the time because of the battle of the spirit and the flesh. See, when you walk in the spirit, you have a relationship with God that's so intimate and so close that nothing can get in between. God showed me something the other day um, when we were praying in the service and it, it was as if God was showing me walking down a field where I was next to him and all these fields were just full of, of um, uh, like corn or, or wheat or something. And I'm just seeing all these, all these fields and they're, they're broken up into almost like plots of, of square ground in different areas and there's a dirt trail and it was like I didn't know where my plot was to, to reach, to harvest. I didn't know where I was supposed to, which field was mine that God wanted me to, um, to go and harvest or go and work in that field. And it was like God, if, if I wasn't next to God and I wasn't right next with him, walking with him, I wouldn't know which field to work. I wouldn't know which uh, place to, uh, to sow the seed or to reap the harvest because there is a place that every one of us is called to reach. There are people that every one of us are called to reach. And so if we're not in step with the spirit and we're not in step with, with walking with Jesus every day, we're going to miss the harvest. We're going to miss the places that God's wanting us to reach. And I, th- I was very thankful that God showed me that because it made a lot more sense to me why I feel frustrated when I throw a word of God out to somebody at work and they don't receive it or they act like they don't care. Maybe I'm throwing that in the wrong field. Maybe I'm walking in the flesh and trying to do something spiritual. You know, we have this pressure on us. You know, as Christians, you know, we... we We have different people that we might feel like we got to compete with. There's people that their their calling in life is to knock every door, you know, in every city ever. And most of those doors get shut in their faces, you know. And we feel like sometimes we got to compete with these people. And, you know, I just feel like in this day and age, in this hour, I just feel like God is calling us to a place where we are listening to his voice, Knowing the right seed to spread at the right time. Knowing the right harvest to bring in. The right crops to bring in at the right season. But if we are not walking in the spirit. Then we're not going to be in sync with what God is wanting to do in these last days. So we have to learn to just follow after God to To walk with him. In the next chapter of Galatians, verse 7 through 9, Paul says something else that's really interesting. It says, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever one sows, that will he also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. But the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. And let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. God is wanting us to realize that, you know, we have to be careful where we are sowing our seeds and what we are sowing our seeds into. If we are Sowing in the flesh, we're going to reap the flesh benefits. If you put all of your um, money and effort and time into an investment that just goes completely under, you're, you're, you know, you just reaped just a part of life, a part of of the flesh that comes with that. You know, it's, there's a lot of people that invest in a lot of things. They put all their efforts and their hopes and dreams in something, and then they really have nothing. You know, I mean, just today, I, sometimes I will just go crazy on Google Maps. I'm like trying to find an address for a Popeyes in Miramar, Florida somewhere, and, and somebody put in the address wrong, and I'm trying to get it right so I can find a technician to go work on the drive through system there, and it's really fun, uh, but I do a Google search, and then I, I have a certain way to where I can find it because sometimes I need the phone number because I put in the phone number wrong, whatever. And I, I was actually zooming in and I seen like this, this photography place. And I'm just like, oh, what's, what's that place? That's an interesting name. And, and I was like, then I went to their webpage and then I was scrolling through their webpage. And I hope nobody at work hears this because, you know, this was on company time. It was only a couple minutes. But uh, hey, but no, I'm scrolling through this and I I was like, man, this person has like a professional studio and it was like in Atlanta, Georgia or something. And uh, I'm just like looking at their profile and I'm like, this husband and wife that has this place, they, they like had the most crazy life. They had their whole bio on this. I didn't read it all. I was just skimming through the pictures. They got married in Antarctica. And I'm just like, what? <laughs> like they, they, they just joined a crew for like six summers and worked in Alaska and, or uh, Antarctica. And then they got married there. And I'm just like, oh my goodness. Like these people are crazy interesting. But I was like thinking like, man, how cool would that been to like do that with your life? And then I quickly just like felt like God check me and say like, you know, that's like their reward for like their whole life. That's that's all they get is these moments. That's all they get unless they know the truth, unless they're born of water and of spirit. That that's all that they have. Why am I envious of these people who are not going to be able to bring souls to a heavenly place to to, to reach souls? and to, to be in an eternal heaven with God Almighty forever. Be in his presence. Be near him, the one who, who knows all. The one who gave his life for us. Why am I envious of these people that got married in wherever? Antarctica. I didn't even know there was flights to Antarctica. Uh, anyway... But yeah, when you reap, when you sow in the flesh, you you will reap in the flesh. Sometimes it can be good. Sometimes it can be bad. But guaranteed, it's not going to be anything that's going to last eternally. Thank God this flesh is not going to last eternity. (laughs) Thank God we don't have to deal with these things that we're dealing with now. But it says, the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. And so let us not grow weary in doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. We don't need to give up on our walk with God and on our walk with the Spirit. You know, if we're not walking in the Spirit today, right now, there's no better time. Then you just spend a little bit of time with God until you make that connection. Walking with God can be just one step. It can be just one step. If that's all that you can do right now, that's okay. One step is enough. It's a step with God. You know, when I think about that, I think about Moses in the burning bush. It says like, the, the bush was burning and, and Moses, it says that he decided to draw a little bit more near to see what this was. And that's the moment that God started speaking to him. Like what if he would have just been backing off like, oh, no, I don't want any of this. What is this? But no, it was him turning one step towards this supernatural thing, this powerful thing that opened up a door for him to hear the word of God. So God is calling us to walk in the Spirit. And and God promised us. God promised us that if we live in the Spirit, then then we can walk in the Spirit. We can walk in the Spirit. John chapter 12, verse 24 through 26 tells us, and this is Jesus talking and I counted it that there's actually there's actually four Wait, is there four? No, I thought there was four. I thought there was four ifs in this. Maybe it's the other translation anyway. It says, "Truly, truly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. Whoever loves his life loses it, and whoever hates his life" in this world will keep it for eternal life if everyone serves me he must follow me and where i am there will my servant be also if anyone serves me the father will honor him so if we're going to serve god we got to follow him we got to be in step with him also if if we if we let ourselves and our flesh or, or our our um, you know our carnality and our the desires of the flesh, if we let them die, then something great is going to grow from that. Something powerful is going to grow from from the death that takes place on a supernatural level. God can help us to to grow in a way that can only happen when we die out to ourselves. when we finally, lay upon the altar, get shut away with God. Some of us have been wrestling with that moment for a long time, and we've never really settled it. We've always had questions. We've always had a little bit of uh, things that led us astray in our mind and our heart. We've let a seed be planted by the enemy, and we've been tricked by that different times. Some of us have just never really truly settled it that we're going to live for God no matter what, no matter who's doing what, no matter if everybody else leaves. We have to make up our mind today that we're going to wrestle it out with God. We are going to turn to God. We are going to lay ourselves on an altar. And that's that moment when you are going to die. But that death will bring forth life. It will bring forth resurrection. Romans 8, chapter 9, verse 14. It's a little bit of lengthy reading, but I want to read this as well. It says, You, however, are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If, in fact, the Spirit of God dwells in you, anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to him. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. If we let the deeds of our, of our flesh die by the Spirit working within us, then we're going to live. We're going to be in the right position whenever the time comes. If we if we keep ourselves covered under the mighty hand of God, in due time, in due season, He's going to raise us up. When it's the moment to 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 say that word to somebody that needs it, God's going to prompt you because you're going to know Him. You're going to know Him because you walked with Him. So we're not we're we're not of the flesh. We're not called to be of the flesh. We're not called to give. Uh, to yield to the flesh, we're supposed to take a moment and consider the spirit. Consider what God is saying in that moment, instead of just reacting. You know, the flesh always wants to react, doesn't it? It always wants to react at the very first word that's spoken, that's hurtful, that's um, you know causes you anger and causes you stress. You always want to react. You always want to try to take it in your own hands, but God is saying, walk with me. Walk with me. I have the answers. If you just take a little bit of time, spend a little bit of time with me, you're going to know what to do. I'm going to reveal it to you, but only if you walk with me. See, God has been wanting us to walk with him ever since the fall of man. There's an amazing message that you should look up by Raymond Woodward. Write it down. I think it's just called Walk. Uh, But he he, uh, taught it or preached it at his uh, church. But it it just uh, gives an amazing analogy at the beginning of it about Adam and Eve and how God desires to walk with us. God has desired ever since that fall, uh, the fall of man, to just walk with us. Have somebody come close to him, walk with him. That was his desire for us to walk with him. And, and right now we can. Right now there's not this great divide between us. There's not these sacrifices of animals that we have to do in order to just even get right with God so it can be pushed back for another year. We have the spirit of God. We can live in the spirit of God. And we can walk in the spirit of God. And that's what God wants for us. He wants more than just for us to feel his presence, get a little bit of strength in this place, enjoy the time we have together, enjoy that peace you feel from the people around you that are walking, from, walking with God. But no, he wants us to walk in the spirit for ourselves. We don't want to be trying to drag other people down. That's what we do when we don't walk with Jesus because those that are walking with Jesus, they're going to walk with you or without you. They're going to keep walking whether you're pulling on them or not. They're not going to let anything get between them and Jesus. The woman who grabbed the hem of Jesus' garment, she didn't let anything stop her. She didn't let looking like a fool stop her, crawling on her hands and knees. She didn't let that stop her. Because it's worth it to get to God. It's worth it to walk with Jesus. Because he has the answers. He has what we're looking for. It is that simple. Everything that you question, everything that you deal with, it all can be resolved if you just walk in the Spirit. You'll know what to do. You'll know where to put your efforts. You'll know where to put your money. There's a lot of pressure I've noticed Maybe it's on every generation, but it seems like it's very much so on my generation where we can't just choose like one hobby. We gotta like do everything. We gotta be the best at everything. We gotta try to try everything, you know? And there are some people that are just really good at just about everything they do, but they're so rare, (laughs) and I'm not one of them. Uh, I can fool a lot of people. But no, I mean, I, I just, I don't know what it is, but we have this pressure to compete. We have this pressure. You know, honestly, I didn't, I didn't really know that like, you know, uh, trick shots were a thing until the, until the internet and I found it on the internet. Now I want to do all the, all the cool trick shots, you know. I didn't know that like this certain type of, uh, 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 what is it called? Never mind, forget it. There's all kinds of things on the internet, we'll just say. You know, I, I, I just want to try it all. But I don't even know where I was going with this, honestly. But we, we just need to realize that, that God has the answers. And if we're walking in the Spirit, we don't have anything to worry about. We don't have to worry about where our help comes from. Adam and Eve didn't have to worry about where their food came from, where their uh, protection came from. You know that they, they 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 were walking with God every day. First John one six through nine, and I'm uh, coming to a close here, but it says, "If we say that we have fellowship with Him and walk in darkness, we lie." And do not the truth, but if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sins. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. It doesn't list sins that are kind of exempt from from this it says if we confess our sins if we confess them then he is faithful he's faithful to be right in the middle of our life and he's he's faithful to forgive us of our sins to cleanse us of every bit of unrighteousness if we are walking near the light if we are turning to the light if we are taking one step towards the light That's the moment that God is going to come in and he's going to teach us. He's going to forgive us. He's going to redeem us. You know, like I said before, you can can live in the spirit and not walk in the spirit. You look at the uh, children of Israel in in the wilderness. They were around the spirit of God. The, The spirit of God was literally leading them through the wilderness But there was really only a couple of them that were walking with God. And one of them got to go up to the mountain. And one of them got the plans for the tabernacle. And one of them is the reason that we have redemption today and that God's plan was fulfilled because one person was walking with God. That's what can happen when you walk with God. With just one person is walking with God. A whole generation, a whole world can be saved if we're walking in the Spirit. David said it best in Psalm 16, verse 11. He said, Thou wilt show, show me the paths of life. In thy presence is fullness of joy. He'll show us the paths of life. His presence, it is that sweet joy. And the joy of the Lord is our strength. But walking, it's a decision. Being around the Spirit, that's that's a feeling. That's a blessing. Being around it, being in this place where we worship together, that is something that we're, we're, we're so thankful that we can feel the presence of God. But walking is a decision that you have to make every day, whether you feel him or not. Whether you have seasons where you just don't hear God's voice. Those are the moments that you need to be walking the most. You need to be close to God the most. I remember Brother Ron talking about a season in his life where you just it was almost scary, you could not feel the presence of God. And we may have moments like that where we just don't, we're just like, God, where are you? But if we are walking with God, whether we feel him or not, and we make that decision, we can know that he is right there. We have the promise that he is right there. So in closing, I want us to just stand and I want us to just ask God to Help us to, if we are in a place right now where we, we're feeling the presence of God, we're coming to church and we are liking what we feel and we, we enjoy the presence of God. We enjoy getting strength from this place, but we're not really walking every day. We're still struggling with that. I want us to pray that God would open up our eyes, open up our hearts, that he would walk through us today And help us to see those places in our life where we can make those decisions. And like I said, that decision could be just one little tiny step. One little small moment towards God. That is enough. That is all you need to do. And you don't need to do any more than that. Don't try to outrun God. You need to stay in step with Him. So I want us to pray that we can just... Walk with God and let him do something amazing in our life. Why don't we do that today? Lord, we thank you, Jesus, for your word. We thank you for your promises, God.